This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West and the podcast, and I'm coming to you. I'm actually back in the pub again. We enjoyed it so much a few weeks ago. I was chatting to Laney and I said, Laney, we need to, we need to, we need to pump a podcast out. And he says, Bill, why don't we just go down the pub? So we're down here again. It's no virtual joint. This is a real joint. We're here in, uh, in Staines or Chertsey or somewhere south of the river, near the river. And like I said, I'm Billy Grant here, and I'm sitting here with my man Laney Lane. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, good to see you in the flesh again. Um, had a really good night on Monday. Just saying, saying it was just yeah. Monday, in Manchester. Monday, in Manchester. Yeah, having uh, having all the crew out after the game um, in Manchester was 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 great. I mean, the result we'll talk about and the game we'll talk about. But um, yeah, it, it had a had a, a very end of season feel to it, and we were we we had our drinking boots on. That's right. And uh, as they say, kick football out of football. We definitely kicked football out of football that day, innit? Because the football absolutely had to be kicked out. Well, it was a long old day, though, mate. We, we went, really went round the houses to get, a, get an affordable train ticket up there. So it was King's Cross to Doncaster, change train, Doncaster, Sheffield, change train, and then the longest trans whatever it's not Pennine is it but yeah it took us is it trans Pennine it took us took us through some beautiful stunning little places watching little lambs and waterfalls and little mills and it was it was it was very, very picturesque but bloody long it wasn't well it wasn't because of affordable lane it was actually because the train service directly to Manchester on bank holiday they decide as they do to just stop running the trains directly from Manchester to London on a bank holiday so uh, it, it was bus replacement service on the mainline train so that's why all the bees fans were actually taking the main route and that's why all the trains were so packed and we were actually lucky to get on because a lot of fans actually didn't get on because the planes were tra- trains were so packed but um yeah and for me it was even longer because obviously i'd come from uh, tampa you know so i'd come from orlando down to tampa had a drink in tampa got on the plane overnight in tampa to london and then literally straight from tampa to london to uh, king's cross station met you and then up to uh, Sh- doncaster sheffield and then manchester so uh, and i was still going at three o'clock in the morning wasn't I? yeah no fair play we did, there was talk of a 15 minute power nap but um <laughs> that wasn't tolerated and 
and uh, yeah, was 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 straight out and, and straight on it. So yeah, no, well well played. I've got uh, I've got to say the energy levels from the Grant there were were exceptional. Well played, mate. Which is all good. So and, and like I said, you talk about international. I mean, uh, I did the international podcast, um, and you check it out. Pride of West London. Very very good. All the international bees. Thank you for all contributing the international bees from like, Tasmania to Washington. To, to, to all sorts of places, to, to, to Hong Kong, to, to Holland. We had uh, um, Harold the Dutch Bee, who was actually on that podcast, and he was actually up uh, up in Manchester as well. And we also had uh, the Andy the Dubai Bee, he was actually up in Manchester as well. And I actually met with uh, um, Devin, who was the Manchester United fan who was on that podcast, and I met up with him at Tampa Airport for, uh, for a drink in House of Beer. So it, it's all sort of started to merge into one. Laney? No, I was going to say, yeah, I mean... Because I wasn't on it, I, just, I you know I sat back and kind of just relaxed and, li- and listened to it, and and I, I have to say I got I got actually quite emotional, um, which was very very weird reaction because tears in your eye, uh, yeah I'd, I'd say so yeah I went but when when I when we cut away to or when you cut away to all the um, different fans around the world you know the, the small packets rather than the you know the four main guys that were on the pod i just it just hit me like just how much um it just means to everyone and um just the journey that everyone's been on um whether the whether you're there or not it kind of underlines it it, it, it obviously it matters if you can be there but the actual magnitude of, of brentford and what how it affects people's lives it's it's as big it's as big for me as it is for 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 Andy, who hasn't seen a game this season, as it is for you know the Guadalajara, and as it is for people that are in Tasmania. You know, everyone's day is taken over by their support of Brentford, and if they're not there, if they're not there in person, which we're lucky enough to do, they certainly are in spirit. And I just, yeah, I just thought it was just a very powerful. Um, message of beesdom mate indeed and, 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 and talking about sort of kind of beesdom and people that are getting pulled in it means so much to them as well you probably heard on that podcast as well Katie from Atlanta was on there as well she's coming over with Andrea and they're coming over they literally started supporting the, the bees first game of the season when we played Arsenal fell in love with them said that they kind of get connected to the bees through the podcast because they actually get the vibes of what the fans are saying and that as well and they can't get the, and they're coming over on Saturday for the Southampton game so they'll be supporting the bees for less than a year they're making their first game over they're going to be in the globe before the game they're going to be doing the Ted Lesso run I'm sure as well on the Friday and the Saturday they're going to be doing Q they're going to be doing all the pubs and they're going to be trying to meet as many Bees fans as possible so obviously you've got to give them and anybody else who comes down to Brentford a very big welcome but I think this is something that's quite special about this season which is probably quite different from the championship season so there's also there are positives in every sort of wane of life of being a Bees fan as it goes but um, yeah Laney what else is uh, what else is going down you know, oh you weren't happy about these Everton tickets moving. Well, this Everton game moving, were you? No, I wasn't happy about it at all. And you know, I, I guess the club have reacted in in the best way they could. You know, I, I, no one expects they're not in a position to be able to refuse. You know, that's 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 just a fact. You know, you, you're, you're, if you're part of the Premier League, you're part of what the Premier League actually um, dictates sometimes, and that is late late fixture changes and um, you know putting match going fans basically down the list of priorities you know we've spoken about this on the podcast a lot that you realise how the Premier League is so global that people that actually go are a bit of an inconvenience sometimes you know there's not there won't be people in and you know, in, in the far flung corners of the world, moaning that the fixtures change because you know it might it might mean that they go down the pub a little bit later to watch it. But those that have bought match tickets and train tickets, all got to get back for work the next morning. 
it's it's a big it's a biggie you know it's a it's a it's a real put out and you know the club have credited um the price of the match ticket back to the accounts i believe of of everyone that had bought tickets up until the point of the fixture change so you know fair dues that's going to cost them some some kind of money i guess but you know um I'm I'm dreading, you know, I'm not going to be back in London till midnight, and I'm not even sure there's a train back to where I am now. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's got a it's got a real impact, and um, so yeah, it's just it's it's not it's not ideal. It's, it's more it's so far from ideal. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and that's it. Basically, with 12 days notice, they've changed the Everton game from two o'clock on a Sunday, which wasn't even massively ideal because a lot of people couldn't make that to a 4:30 kickoff on a Sunday because West Ham requested that their game actually be played or swapped their. I think in the game with Man City be swapped because they needed a bit of extra time just in case they kind of won their um their their their, their, their Europe Europa League game, you know, which I think is you know, they're getting extra two point five hours, which I think is a bit ridiculous. But you know, these are the things that happen. So uh, I'm, I've had to change my game, train a bit later, which has sort of cost us a bit of money, and we're going to get back at midnight. But you know, those are the things that we have to do. But uh, listen, we're not going to moan because we're, like I said to you, we're in the Premier League as well. But also, tell you something. Um, there was something else going on as well. We're talking about Saturday's game. I think there's going to be a bit of a collection, Laney. Is that not? Is that right? Yes, there is. Yeah, is um, we've had a, we've had an e- email um, in, and it's about you know um, the club have granted permission to um, to Jim Marshall. Uh, he's going to have a, a collection before and after the Southampton match for um, for motor neurons disease, um, which is a you know it's a, it's a terrible degenerative uh, condition that you know it's affecting. It seems to be affecting more and more people. I think it's been a lot of high profile. Um, uh, press coverage, uh, you know, I know Doddy Weir, the rugby player, and um, who's the other Rob, Rob Burrows, um, rugby league player, and, and also we've got a friend Greg from uh, Forfar, Gary Baldy, over in Nottingham as well. And they've got one of their very good friends as well who has got MND, and uh, I think they've been raising money for him. And basically, you see them, they help him when they go to matches. He still goes down the pub with them, you know. So yes, it is, uh, it is something which is very much in the forefront at the moment. Yeah. So you know, so fair play for. You know, to Jim Marshall for, for sorting this out, um, and you know he's, he's a regular listener, listener of Besotted, and you know the, the least we could do was give me give you a shout out and just a pat on the back for for, for you know for, for 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 doing this. So if if you see some bucket collectors. Um, in and around New Griffin Park on Saturday before and after the game, give generously because it's you know it's a, it's a terrible condition and you know you can only just be you know glad that it doesn't affect you and, and uh, you know just be thankful. Definitely, and don't forget. I mean, I think it's very hard at the moment now because uh, a lot of people don't even carry cash around anymore. So maybe if you find some se- bits of money, just put it into your pocket. You know, that's probably not going to be used anyway. Just put it into your pocket for the day, and then you know that you can actually release it into the buckets that are going to be around the ground on Saturday. And you know, maybe they might have card machines because that's how the new. Um, Collections are happening as well. I think a lot of the collectors actually go around with card machines. Yeah, we'll find out if there's a just giving or a, um, an online donation um, link, and we'll we'll put that out on Besotted and we we'll tweet it in the build up to the game. So uh, um, yeah, if, if there's any way we can help to do that um, online as well, so uh, no one's got any excuses. In. No, indeed. So listen, uh, I'm sitting here in the sun, loving sitting here in the sun actually in the boozer with my man Laney. Uh, there's only two of us, so I, we apologise to people who want <laughs> about 15 of us in the studio. Studio, but sometimes you have to do it when he can slot it in and we managed to slot it in and most people don't seem to be able to come down the pub during the day but that's what we do because we are flexible like that so anyway we're going to go off to the bar we're going to get another drink and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about men united 
Bees went up to Old Trafford first time. You know, I've been to Old Trafford to watch Brentford. I've seen them play other teams there, and I've seen them play England there. I saw actually David Beckham score that equaliser against Greece when we got into is it World Cup 20, 2006. Just before that, David Beckham. We we're on our way out, England. David Beckham scored that great free kick, and I was behind the goal as well. And uh, yeah, that was at Old Trafford. And uh, yeah, so Brentford went to Old Trafford. Seventy-three thousand fans inside the stadium. I'd say it's probably the biggest. Lee crowd that we played in front of are probably is the biggest crowd that we've actually ever played in front of as well. And uh, it's funny as well because, you know, we're going to go now to what the fans had to say, both Brentford fans and Manchester United fans, after the game. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Man United. We've got Ethan Pinnock in the house here as well. Ethan, it must be a strange one for you here today, man, because yeah. you're, you're in the stands here with the team as well. Just give us a little, your little thoughts on this game. I thought obviously going behind it's difficult to come back at a ground like this but you know you can see the boys worked really hard to the end of the game we're not the team that beat Chelsea 4-1 away you know I think we were overawed by the occasion really today you know we just we just didn't put didn't put it together first half we looked okay but we just couldn't break them down I, I thought I didn't think we were that bad at all they just took their chances that's it they just took their chances Coming to Old Trafford at all and playing in the Premier League against them. It's amazing. We fucking love it. Like, who gives a fuck about the result? We're staying up. What a fantastic season. Great turnout tonight. A shame. I thought they were there for the taking, to be honest. I really fancied it tonight. Soft first goal. Penalty. Silly penalty. And look, third one from a corner. A couple of other chances. I just think we were a bit slow and ponderous. Well, I thought we played pretty well. I thought we passed it pretty well. I liked Mata being there because I thought he knitted it all together. I thought Brentford came on a bit in the second half and we looked like conceding, but just at the right times we scored goals. So all in all, yeah, pretty pleased. Just looked a bit vacant in midfield. I mean, there was so much space in there for Mata and Matic. I mean, two fucking 35-year-olds to run the game. I thought we were a bit poor on the ball, a bit slow, sluggish in our build-up to... Just wasn't the pay, was it? We're not going to be disheartened by that game, 100. percent We've done very well this season. Three games to go. I think we're definitely better than three teams in this league. We've been amazing, and to be honest, I don't care what happens. I'm proud of this team, whatever, and our fans as well. The support we're showing, the numbers we're bringing, it's been amazing. So memories over anything. Uh, probably the one game I've been looking forward to all season. You know, 15 years ago we were League Two, weren't we? And here we are at this lovely little place. So, yeah, happy, but shame about the performance. It was a shame. We, we just stood too much off them. I think we gave them a bit too much respect. Yeah, I thought Rosleff was good. If he was probably my man of the match for Brentford, he came down the wing well. I thought he defended well. But I think we missed Pinnock in defence. I just think that Mad Bex is very good, but probably not quite up to Pinnock's standard in terms of the three at the back play so well together normally. It wasn't a 3 0 result tonight. It, you know, we didn't deserve to win, but it wasn't a free nil result. At the end of the day, it was just a, it was a nice send off for all the players that will won't be here next season. Yeah. Juan Matters, Eddie Cavani's. End of the day, a bit of a damp squib. Maybe Tanag will be the difference. Maybe you won't. But we've got to get behind him next season. That's the last home game of the season now. Out of the way, we'll just crack on. I think three nil flatters them a little bit. I don't think it was a three nil game. I think uh, there's no shame in the result today at all. I think first off we played very well. We started very started very well the first five, ten minutes. Sort of fell off a bit towards the end, maybe ran out of steam. Ericsson got shut out in the second half, played some great plus in the first half. 
But yeah, I think 3-0 flatters them a little bit. But yeah, there's no shame in that today. I mean, the game was, it was fair. United took their chances, but I don't think we deserve to win 3-0. Yeah. We just took our chances. Bradford could have scored a couple of goals. Well, they were just unlucky. So yeah, 3-0 wasn't deserved, but you know, we got the job done. Yeah, I think individually they had better players that were better than us. You know, we're just saying, look at Ronaldo, whatever you think of Ronaldo, and he did a bit of falling over today. He's one of the best three players to play football in my lifetime. Wayne Matters today was excellent. And individually, they had some good players, and we didn't really play that well today, really. I don't think we had the, the run of the ball, a little bit unlucky, but 3 0 was maybe a little bit harsh, but only a little bit. It's Man United away, it's never going to be easy. Is it? We all thought we might win today. Um, maybe in hindsight, that was a little bit optimistic, but you know, there's no point coming thinking you're going to lose. But uh, yeah, there were signs today that they, for all their faults, Man United, they've got some quality, world class players and better players than ours. You know, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. So, to be honest, Ronaldo was their most attacking player, and you could hardly say he was playing as number nine. And we basically had three centre backs pretty much looking at each other um, with, you know, no one to mark. I mean, there, there were no headers for them to win. Um, and, 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 and then you got Norgard running around in his zone, probably trying to mark three or four players. It just seemed, I, I thought we were tactically naive. I, 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 I thought we could have switched it. I, I, I didn't see the point of playing three centre backs. We, we, we probably only needed one or two, to be, to be really honest with you. Um, I think Roslev was playing as a wing back. And um, he was excellent in the back three against Tottenham, where he came up against Son, and he, and he defended really well. But tonight we didn't really want him defending; we wanted him attacking, and that's not his strength. Uh, I just thought it was a, I, I thought it was a bit naive, really, tonight. A um, bit of a shame, to be honest. You know, we'll, we'll 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 pick off Southampton or Everton or Leeds or whatever, and we'll all feel really good again. So there you have it both the Bees fans and the Man United fans. Bees fans, they were focusing more on the fact we were staying up and the Man United facts were just really miserable. I mean, it's like really weird, isn't it? They've just been a 3-0 and I think it's almost like they just thought, to be quite honest with you, this is like, you know, it's just, I, I don't know. I think it was more the fact that they were actually playing us. You know, even though they beat us, it, it was just, you know, it just meant nothing to them. And it was like a really, really weird conversation. I mean, it was actually quite hard to try and get some info out of the Man United fans because it's almost like they didn't really want to talk about this because they wanted to talk about things that were much more important to them, which are Liverpool and Man City, but they know that they're nowhere near Liverpool and Man City. So they were forced to talk about Brentford, but they didn't really have anything to say because they expected to beat us. And there was a and good old, and definitely check that in Pride of West Dot London, but there was a very good old teams like Brentford in there as well it was it was a, it was a it was brilliant it was the it was possibly one of not one of the best but it was yeah it was it was, it was high up there wasn't it yeah but backhanded compliments yeah it's uh we you know we're used to it and we kind of we deal with it and we kind of just embrace it really it's funny um you know we had we had, we had Middlesbrough fans on Twitter yesterday telling us teams like and whatever but you know we, we are what we are and we love who we are so it's, it, it doesn't really matter it's water off the duck's back and there was plenty of water in the skies um, in and around Old Trafford on, uh, on Monday night it was a proper drizzle night and um, the game didn't really live up to the expectations that I had set myself I, I was convinced I, I was convinced that anyone that was dull enough to, to speak to me that, um, that we were going we to win up at Old Trafford and I, and I was sadly sadly wrong um, it just didn't pan out that way and Man United you know for all their critics uh, they're, they're, still a, they're still a decent team and that's not saying they're a decent team just because they beat us but you know they, 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 the talent out there 
is just incredible when they click and the, they, they, they look good. And we, we look good in, in phases. I thought 3 0 was, was fairly harsh on us. Um, but we just looked so off it in all the areas that we needed to be on it. You know, it's just the, the passes were going astray. Uh, the, the forwards weren't 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 clicking. And Bumo and Tony weren't weren't that partnership that we we become used to. Um, Ericsson had a game that you know he wasn't he wasn't off of it. He, he still created a, a couple of chances, but you know he, he didn't run the show because we're up against Man United. You know what I mean? So it's it, it was it was a tough watch, I, I think, but. Overall, just very proud um, to, to have been there and to have seen us take on Man United uh, as, as, as kind of equals. I mean, obviously, we weren't equals in terms of the scoreline and, you know, the, the, the actual the, the buying power and the magnitude and the, the, the prowess and the class of their team. You know, Mata ran the, ran the game. Um, Ronaldo, all his tricks and his flicks, he was. He, we allowed him to to kind of show off. Um, and you know, part of me looking back is like, okay, well, I, I, I'd, I've seen him score against us. We, he didn't didn't have really much of a sniff, did he, at, at, at New Griffin Park? Um, and he got subbed, if I believe. Um, and so, so yeah, you know, it was it was. You know, it was it was good to see us go toe to toe with them, and we we just now need to to see how far we need to step up for next season. You know, um, we're still not mathematically safe, but I listened to a couple of podcasts this week, and you know, our name is not mentioned, and you know, that's not to say we can't be dragged into it, but it's going to take it's going to take a miracle. So, you know, um, we we need to get three points on Saturday, and we'll talk about that, and I believe we will. But but but. But Monday night, I, I thought was it was it was one of those free hit games that that we we gave it a go, but we just weren't quite good enough on the night. We, we knew going into it, we probably were good enough to get something out of it. But as I said, they turned up the class, they, they sussed us out a bit, um, and they and they 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 didn't they didn't let us really take a foothold in it. So you know you got you got to take your hat off and credit where credit's due. You can say this credit's due. Also, there's been a lot of talk and, you know, listen, Thomas Frank's been great the last few seasons. Like, you know, he out-tacticked, you know, um, Conte against Tottenham completely and utterly. We didn't get the, didn't get the result. Obviously, we didn't get the win, but we got the draw, you know. And also, obviously, yeah, completely, you know, sorry, um, Thomas, Tuchel, Thomas Tuchel, right, as well. And Thomas Tuchel as well. Um, he's he's out-tacticked him. Um, and so there's, there's been a lot of out-tacticking going on with Thomas and he's been getting a lot of props. But there's been some chat saying that he, he, got, it, he got it wrong against Manchester United. You know, he went sort of five at the back, sort of three straight five at the back, you know, which allowed them to sort of dominate the, the midfield and matter. Absolutely ran the show in the midfield. And, uh, you know, there's sort of questions saying that, you know, we didn't go in and sort of try and change it up at another time. And that actually kind of, you know, so it's basically allowed Manchester United to kind of run the show. Is that right? Yeah, I think you know Matt Matt Allard. He, he kind of explained it um, quite well after the game, and um, you know you, you're right. He, he, he kind of um, you know I I don't know. It, it, it's it's, diff- it's easy to say after the case, isn't it? You know I, I I think they all all sat down and they they worked out the tactics, and and I and I believe that the, the same brains that um, you know out tactic Tuchel and Conte and Moyes in recent weeks. Um, you know that they they would have gone into that game fully believing that they they, they set Brentford up to to do a job. Uh, so after the after the case, you know it's easy to say, but you could have changed it during the match. I guess you could have changed it at half time or changed it with with half an hour to go. 
or changed it at 2-0 um, rather than, you know, at 3. So, it, it, yeah, it, 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 was a, it was a harsh lesson, I thought. But, you know, again, it's all, it's all part of the learning curve. We, we knew we probably weren't going to win every single one of our last four games. But we, we, do, need to, we do need to win one um, of them. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, I, I, don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe there's a huge amount of pressure on us. Um, the pressure seems to be mounting at uh, uh, Ellen Road. If, if that's you know, if, if 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 you listen to all the pundits and you kind of listen to the pods and you listen to the phone-ins and you kind of like look at the league table, Leeds United are the ones that are, you know crapping themselves. Everton as well. Um, they're the they're the ones where the real pressure is. We we can kind of look on slightly at arm's length, more than arm's length, and kind of go well. You know, they're too far away for us to really worry about. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 of course, you know, I was disappointed because I, I went up there. To, I went up to Old Trafford expecting at least a point, um, and I thought if ever there was a chance of beating Man United on their own patch, this was it. Um, this was the season to do that. You know, that we might have to wait for another year for that. So, yeah, Thomas, Thomas Frank, he, he gets it right. He's got it right a lot recently. Um, yeah, you, you, you can argue that he got it wrong on, on Monday night, and that would be a fair criticism. And I mean, just looking at the match itself, I mean, just the strengths and the, the weaknesses of both teams, Manchester United, their strengths, they were strong at finishing. Uh, but that was it, according to whoscored.com. Uh, and their weaknesses, they were caught offside often. They attacked down the left side, dominated possession and favoured short passing. For Brentford, their strengths, they created a high number of chances relative to their possession. We were effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from long-shot situations and also effective at creating goal-scoring opportunities from set pieces. We were poor at finishing, which seems to be always the thing. And also gave away a lot of free kicks around the box, which seems to be our thing as well. We had a high shot frequency when in possession, favoured crossing the ball and favoured through balls. The thing that you would say there that we were rather unlucky or we were just <laughs> not very good at finishing. And I think that kind of is panned out by if you actually look. We haven't got the um, Will, the especially Winker, on the show today because he's been very busy. But if you check out the XG, I think Manchester United were like 1.79 and we were 1. But then you have to remember that Manchester United did get a penalty, which is about 1.8. So if you take that penalty out, we were quite equal in the sort of quality of chances that we created. And the difference between the two teams is that, you know, we didn't put our chances away. And they put our chances away. And that kind of really sums it up, doesn't it, Yeah, it does. You know, you, you can't argue with the stats a lot of the time. Um, it, 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 it's true. I mean, and you, you, can, you can literally go chance for chance, you know, the... The Bruno Fernandes opening goal. Well, you know, we, we, we Ivan Tony was teed up in almost exactly the same cutback uh, in, in the second half. Um, we didn't get a penalty, um, and then you know the header from the corner. You know, we we haven't let those in recently, but Ivan Tony was put through, and you know he fell over. Uh, so there, there, there were there were opportunities on that on another day with the right footwear um, we, we might we might have been able to take advantage of. But yeah, it, it, it was close taking away the penalty. But their their, their, their their finishing was clinical, and the way Ronaldo took that penalty was just like oh my god, you know that's uh, that Be- better than Ivan Tony. Not better, but it, it, it allowed us to see him celebrate the, in, in the Christian art, Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo way. Um, you know, and when we look back in 30 years' time, you know, it, it, they are memories. You know, yeah, it'd be better if we just cut them out and we, we hadn't seen it, but we, we did. And um, yeah, I, I, it was it was we didn't we didn't turn up just just for to be the tourists. You know, we, but 
as I said, you know, they're, they're memories that we, we've made and we saw Cristiano Ronaldo, I can't even say it, but we've, we've seen him and um, I never thought a year ago that that would be the case. And then and just quickly, there's a newspaper story about the, the demonstrations, but, you know, obviously we support them because obviously they're owners and uh, they're not particularly happy with their owners the way that they've treated the fans, treated the club. So there's a lot of demonstrations there by a certain section of the Man United fans, but unfortunately the demonstrations were right outside the Brentford end and even a few of our crew got caught up in it and a few of them had got some punches swung at them and then the, the story was in the Daily Mail saying about basically how the Man United fans were attacking Brentford fans who were going into the, the safe standing section, wasn't it? Yeah, it was outrageous. I mean, you know, of course, of course fans demonstrating is, is, is their right and you kind of, you support the fans, you know, having a, having a say into the into the running of their club and the future of their club. But for, for Man United fans... To be to be attacking Brentford fans. I mean, what's it got to do with us? You know, um, just 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 you know, I, it, it's little scumbags. To be honest with you, there was there was Brentford fans came in covered in blood. You know, one, one guy I saw had a had a had a cut above his eye. Um, you know, like pouring blood. Um, there was others that had a split lip. You know, it, it is outrageous for for them to be taking it out or to, or to be you know for to diverting their aggression to, uh, to to Brentford fans. You know, it is we're we're, we're fellow fans. You know what I mean? It shows you that you know that they they haven't got their you know those the people that did that they haven't got the club's best interests at heart. They were just there for a fight, and just you know you can never condone that. Absolutely not. But listen. Picking it up a bit, as we always like to pick it up, we're going to go over to JB, because JB likes to give us some facts and funk. Let's go over to Mr. JB, virtual, for some facts and some funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB, and he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Virtual here again. Monday's game at Manchester saw us watched by our largest ever crowd, 73,482. That beats the previous record of 69,000 who saw us win the London War Cup final at Wembley in 1942. But the size of the United crowd means that in our 35 Premier League matches to date, the total attendances at our matches have now topped 1 million. Our home league average attendance this season is slightly below 17,000 which is still our best average since the 1952-3 season at Griffin Park 69 years ago. And over all of our 95 Premier and Football League seasons, this one is better than 81 of them. It was only 11 years ago that a crowd of just 1,907 saw us lose away at Dagenham 4-1 in a Tier 3 match. Our home average that season was a little over 5,000, but that was still better than our lowest ever home average of 3,918 in the Tier 3 season of 1986-87, the season when Steve Perriman took over from Frank McClintock as manager. But back to Monday, and we saw the unusual sight of David Rea conceding three goals. The only other clubs to achieve that in a league game in his time at Brentford have just been Liverpool and Stoke City. So there we go, we've got JB with his facts and his funk. Tell you what we're going to do, we're going to go over to the bar have another little drink and then when we're coming back we're going to find out all about Southampton from Tom Parker from Saints FC podcast Hi this is uh, Tom Parker from the Saints FC podcast uh, thanks for having me on um, to talk about Saturday's game versus the, the Mighty Bees um, so 
the season we played you obviously early in the season and we gave you an absolute walloping um four one and I, I think to it is fair to say that that kind of kicked off a a period of um you know a, a relatively good period for Southampton we you know we went after that to to draw games at Man City, to comfortably, uh, you know, dispatch teams like Norwich and Everton, um, away draw at Man United, away wins at Spurs. I think, you know, at that point, things were really exciting. And then things just started to go very wrong kind of after um, the start of March, really. And I think it's it's been a, a kind of difficult season for Saints um, in, in that respect, and I and I, you know, the, the Brentford game, um, you know, from my memory, I wasn't there unfortunately, but you know, Saints did take advantage of of the injuries that you had, but we really did put you to the sword, and we kind of showed um, an attacking efficiency that we've we've not really displayed. Uh, you know, we, we had that purple patch after your game. But as I say, since we beat um, West Ham uh, in the Cup 3-1 on the 2nd of March, I think, you know, we've won, if I get this right, I think we've won one game in the Premier League, which was 1-0 against Arsenal. And in that time, we've, you know, lost at home to Palace. We've lost 6-0 at home to Chelsea. We lost 2-0 away to Burnley. We lost 2-1 at home to Watford, 2-1 at home to Newcastle. So it's been... Um, it's been a really a difficult season for for Saints fans. Um, I, I think that you know, in terms of the you know the observations I've got on on the season, I, I think you know we've had we have this kind of mad crazy form uh, where we sort of get results that we should never have got. So you know, away wins at West Ham and Spurs. Uh, we've taken two points off Man City this season. They've scored one goal against us. Um, and then, you know, we, we lose ridiculous games, like, you know, at home to Watford recently. Um, and then we just don't put any effort in. Um, uh, you know, games like away at Burnley are quite embarrassing, really, in terms of the, the effort and the passion and the commitment shown by the players. And I think that's the that's the difficult factor for Southampton this year is is consistency and I know that's the difficulty that most clubs have but it's almost the inexplicable nature of it where we are either full-on heavy metal full throttle football or we just um, kind of passively roll over and all of that means that um, you know we are now in a position incredibly enough where just a you know um Six weeks or so ago, we were looking up. You know, we were outside shots for Europe. I think we were five points off seventh at one point. Um, we are now, you know, uh, we're on 40 points. Um, and it's unlikely, but not impossible, that we can still be relegated. And that is crazy. But that is just the product of our form since uh, Saturday, 5th of March, when we lost 4 0 away at Aston Villa. We've just never recovered. So difficult season for us um obviously we lost some big players at the start of the season you know uh, Ryan Bertrand and Danny Ings among them lost Vestergaard as well we've recruited well but I think it's that consistency and I think we lack a kind of experienced core and I, I think we also you know in important positions like centre-back we're still very raw um I think we're, we're incredibly strong at full-back but you know up front we lost Danny Ings and yeah we brought in Armando Brogia but he's only scored six goals and I, I think 
um, you know, we really struggled to to replicate the Danny Ings form and the striker we did bring in, Adam Armstrong, at fifteen million pounds from uh, Blackburn, has scored two goals all season. So, yeah, that's not that's not the level that we need to be at. Um, and recently, you know, and this is if I was a Brentford fan, I'd be really quite confident going into Saturday because you know recently we've been playing Shane Long up front with Nathan Redmond, and I think between the two of them, they've got two goals all season. Broge has got six. Shay Adams, who's probably our, our best goal threat at this level, has scored has not scored since March. So we're really struggling for goals, and uh, we as a team appear to have kind of run out of passion, really. Um, which is kind of the opposite of Brentford. And I think, as a, as in as a, not a neutral, obviously, but as someone who has no beef with Brentford, um, I think they're a fantastic addition to the Premier League. I think they're a credit to the way that they're set up. And the, and the ethos that they have and I think um, you know you'll have no doubt talked about him a lot but Christian Eriksen is just a it's a brilliant thing to see and I think any sports fan any person any human being loves to see Christian Eriksen come back obviously I hope he has an absolute nightmare on Saturday but he's just such a quality player and um, you know for me it's the sort of addition that we we should have made you know, like Southampton could have made that. I imagine we can probably match Brentford for wages. No disrespect to Brentford, but we're a longer established Premier League team. I'm not saying we're a bigger team, but we're more established in the Premier League. Um, and I, 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 you know, it's the sort of signing that when it happens, you look at it and you go, yeah, maybe of course he wanted to stay in London. Of course there's a Danish connection, but disappointing that we weren't in for him because what we've really lacked all season is that spark and that creativity. And he gives you that as good as anyone in the Premier League. And the amazing thing is, isn't it, how he's come back and he's still completely fit from day one. He's been on it. He's not missed a beat. Um, and yeah, he's a fantastic player. Uh, and to be honest, I'm very jealous because he's got real quality. Um, and yeah, but of course our clubs are linked. You know, we're linked by Rasmus Ankerson coming into Southampton. Um, it's difficult to know the impact of that yet. I mean, the club's talking about being more aggressive in the transfer market. No one's saying we're going to be more ridiculous, but you know, I think it does enable us to go into a slightly higher bracket. Um, previously, we were paying around £15 million for players. I think we'll now be punching slightly above that. Um, but no, we've not seen any real difference yet. They're committed fully to Ralph Hasenhutl as the manager. Um, you know, the style of play hasn't changed. Ralph has a tremendous influence within the club. Everything from the way like the under nines play upwards is all um, the pressing game and all, all that kind of aggressive football. So we've not seen a massive difference, but I do hope, you know, one thing that's been poor for us over, certainly probably since the Ronald Koeman days has been our recruitment. And um, obviously Brentford is famed for its, uh, the efficiency and the brilliance and its ingenuity of its recruitment. So hopefully we'll see that. But looking closer, you know, at the game on Saturday, um, it's difficult for Saints fans at the moment to think of any real positives. I mean, what I would say is um, if I were to players that, you know, you would look out for, we've got, I mean, our, our right back, Carl Walker-Peters, is I think among the best in the country. He's he's absolutely brilliant going forward and defensively, and I think he is a player that will play at a very very high level. Um, unfortunately, probably higher than Southampton. In terms of other players that you should look out for, obviously James Ward Prowse. I, I think you know to the person who doesn't watch Southampton regularly, you know people think he's a free kick merchant, a corner merchant, but it's just worth watching his intelligence, his tenacity, his commitment, um, his ability to read the game, and his ability to try and direct play. Um, 
He's a tremendously skillful, tremendously aggressive um, captain for our team. And, and obviously the free kicks. And the free kicks are now starting to get slightly ridiculous um, in terms of the distances and the ways he's able to score them. So those are the two I'd say watch out for. The other one, and he's due to have a good game at some point, is Armando Broja. Um, you know, on loan from Chelsea, completely unplayable when he plays well, uh, completely uh, disappears when he's not playing well. Um, if you get him on a really good day, which unfortunately, he's, I don't think he's scored in sort of 10 in the Premier League now, um, he's unplayable. But certainly, you know, if he's fired up, then that's something that uh, is, is a real joy to watch. And in terms of that game on Saturday, uh, I don't hold out much hope, to be frank, for Southampton. I mean, we've just been, we look completely off the pace. I think the, in the next three games, our final three games, Brentford, Liverpool and Leicester, I think, you know, there are a number of players you shouldn't come back. I think you'll see, you know, through the last three games, you'll see a number of players play their last game for Southampton. Um, I'd love us to get a draw, on Saturday, I think that would be great. My my realistic prediction is we'll lose. We'll probably lose two 0 You'll outfight us. You'll outrun us, uh, and you'll you'll have more passion, and you'll you'll get over the line with that. Um, and yeah, and that's kind of uh, my my negative ending to uh, to this review. But um, you know, apart from you know, hopefully saying to get a result on Saturday. But apart from that, I think Brentford have been an absolute credit to Premier League, and I think what they've done with Christian Eriksen has been fantastic. And um, you know, I hope that Southampton stay up and I'm pretty sure Brentford, I think, can't, I don't know if Brentford can go down even, but, you know, I think we look forward to seeing you um, again next season because, as I say, you've been a real credit to the Premier League. Thanks for having me. So that was Tom Parker from the Saints FC podcast. Not particularly happy with what's been going down at Southampton at the moment. They've kind of sort of, I don't know, they've not gone off the boil a little bit. I mean, they've had, I thought they had a pretty good season at the beginning, but now they're... Um, I say, listen. We're playing them, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything to jinx it at all. But um, you know, they they gave us a right good hiding at the beginning of the season or, the, or earlier on in the season. We every single Brentford fan that I know just said, listen, we got absolutely trounced up at Southampton. But they just seem to be a team that you you actually have got no idea what kind of Southampton's going to turn up at the moment now, and you don't know whether or not because it's the end of the season, even, even though they're not going to really get dragged into it, whether or not they just can't be can't be bothered and they've they've switched off and you know they've got Rasmus Ankerson down there and you know I don't know if Rasmus has said, listen guys, just you know you don't really need to do anything, <laughs> just give Brentford a nice nice end of the season and you can you know go on the beaches and put your towels out. I've got no idea there, but. Southampton, it's probably a good time to be playing them, isn't it, Laney? It's a brilliant time to be playing Southampton. Um, we owe them as well. I mean, the game down at St Mary's was um, the low light of my season, I think. Um, we, we just didn't show. I mean, Yanelt scored a great equaliser, and I thought, oh, you know, we were one down before we even got in the stadium, you know, us. Um, and then Yanelt brought us back in. And, but, but after that, you know, it was just literally one-way traffic and we, we were picked apart and that was, that was really a, a, a hard, hard watch. And it was, a, you know, it was, a, it was a, you know, a bit of a tails between the legs drive home after the game, I have to admit. That's, that's kind of the point of the season where you're thinking, ah, you know, maybe we have been found out. Maybe, maybe this is a one-season visit. Maybe this is us getting, you know, um, well, you know, a proper, you know, pants-down spanking. But we, we've regrouped and we've recovered from that. And I think 
Well, I, I hope that Saturday we, we go out there and we, we, we put the record straight with Southampton because, you know, we, we do owe them. Um, I don't, we don't, certainly don't want to consider them doing the double over us. You know, I'll, I'll be out, I'll still take a point right now. Um, but, you know, I, I think we've got, all, we've got, I think we've got all the, all the beating of them on Saturday and we, we just need to set about them early on and, and dismantle. It's, a, it's the last Saturday game of the season. Um, so Saturday three o'clock. These games don't come round very often. Um, get down the pubs, start singing um, early, and uh, you know we just we just need to we need to just kind of cement cement this place um, and, and and just kind of yeah just do ourselves some justice, mate. Okay, so doing ourselves justice, we've got to, you know, listen, we can't take any team for granted in this league, as we know. Uh, and just going back, Trisha, look, I'm going to flip off a little bit, and I'm going to come back to this because we know what we're going to talk about. Um, the old, uh, the championship uh, player, or the championship, you know, it's been sorted as well, because Bournemouth, Bournemouth as well, big game against Nottingham Forest as well. I know a lot of people were watching that as opposed to watching the Champions League game on that day, because uh, for me, I, I have much more interest in that, to be quite honest with you, because it's still, you know, to a certain extent, the teams that we know about, and I've it was really interesting the Forest and Bournemouth game um, who did I want to win I'll be honest with you I wanted Forest to win because I thought that would be really interesting if uh, Forest won that game and all of a sudden they got an auto- automatic place and they came up because uh, even though there's a lot of people think there's some arrogance with the Forest fans. I do love a Forest and away day. And we've got some really good friends at Forest as well with the Forest, uh, Gary Baldy, Posse and Greg and all them characters and Mr. Daw and uh, Holly and them lot. So I actually wanted them to get automatic because it's a great little away day. But we've got the muff, the ball muff as it is and uh, the place that they never, don't allow you to enter any pubs in there anywhere at all. So uh, we'll have to deal with it as it goes. But it was interesting to see that. Bournemouth really needed to uh, to go up in that game as well, didn't they? You know, they spent shed loads of money. You know, they've okay, they've offloaded a load of players, got some money for them, but they, they you know, they, they are they are they are big, big spenders, and if they didn't go up they'll be in all sorts of trouble but in a strange way and we're not doing a teams like Brentford thing but teams like Bournemouth it is I mean they, apparently from what I know the people that watched them in that division were saying that the championship is, is really terrible the quality of the championship this season isn't really great so interesting Bournemouth coming up uh, is that posing a major threat on us for next season or, or does that make does that make you think okay that's that's quite interesting I, I quite like that I'm, I'm way more petty than you, aren't I? Um, I, I? I didn't want Bournemouth to come straight up. I, I, I wanted them to screw no, up. No, I wanted Forrest to come up. Yeah, no, but I, 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 well, I didn't want either, to be honest. I mean, I, 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 my beef with, with Steve Cooper is, is still fresh. And I, I, like, I like the fact that he's got to kind of uh, risk it in the playoffs again for the third consecutive year. Twice with Swansea, and then now obviously he's got a Forest team to try and pick up. I mean, they be on. They have been on an incredible run of form. Let's be let's be fair. Um, and they, they and they could have they could have won um, on Tuesday night. Um, Bournemouth. There was there were a few excuses. They should have wrapped it up a couple of weeks ago, but they hadn't. And um, you know, it, 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 they were another team to be like probably bricking themselves. Uh, they were they were could they could be in the playoffs again for the second year. You know, obviously we we beat them when they thought that they'd done the job. They got they'd gone two 0 up. 
on aggregate um, against Brentford, 1-0 down at Dean Court, and then they went a goal up early, but none of us need reminding about, and the, the comeback that happened after that, they would have still been smarting from, 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 from that kind of defeat. And, uh, yeah, so both both teams both teams had a, had, a, had a kind of squeaky bum end to the season on the cards. Then, you know, fair play to Bournemouth. They've gone up with Fulham. They're, they're two localish teams, so they're, they're two, t- two places that... You know, uh, we, we can travel to without having to break the bank. But Luton's quite close. Luton, Luton's quite close. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that really would be an incredible achievement for for them to come up. So yeah, well, I wish them well, Bill. To be honest with you, you know, I, I'm not going to get snooty. You know, teams teams come up because they deserve to. Um, they don't come up because they they had big crowds ten years ago. They, they come up on form. You know, you, you don't you, 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 you current form and Leeds had more though. Leeds, Leeds always have more bill, and they're always going to be European champions, apparently. But you know, it, it's t- as many teams like Brentford in the Prem, uh, the better. Um, not, not that it makes it any easier for us, because there is no easy game at this level. But you know, it, I think it's, I think it's important that we have, we have a, a, a chance of survival, um, and you know, having teams of a similar magnet, you know, size and stuff. teams like Brentford. Teams like Brentford. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, as I said, as many, as many teams like Brentford in the Prem the better um, and I, I, it gives our chances of survival a little bit more um, kind of chance of happening that's, 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 you can't argue that absolutely so listen and I'm not even going to talk about the Blades because let's just move on from that but I'm going to say about Southampton so where do you stand with them? So they're good at shooting from direct free kicks they're good at attacking set pieces and they're also good at coming back from losing positions they're not good at finishing scoring chances, protecting the lead, defending against attacks down the wings and defending against skillful players, which is probably quite a good thing for us. They attempt crosses often, control the game in the opponent's half, they attack down the left and they take a lot of shots. So you could tell they take a lot of shots, so we need to be on the ball defensively. You know, um, I spoke to Ethan Finnick um, on the post-match podcast as well and I hope that you'll have heard his voice earlier in this podcast as well. Um, we didn't ask him whether or not he's going to be back or not for the Southampton game because he was running off trying to find his kids. But I'm trying to keep my fingers crossed that the fact that he gets able to walk up and down the terrace on Old Trafford means that he's going to be able to walk up and down our pitch on Saturday. So let, let's keep our fingers crossed. But saying that, we don't really, you know, it's not a big danger for us if it's going to put him into the graver danger. Injury-wise, maybe they won't risk it for a biscuit. But hopefully, like I said to Ethan Pinnock, we'll do that. But if our defence is, as we know the defence, I am really comfortable as to how we're going to be able to handle these teams. And yes, they may take uh, many shots, a lot of shots Southampton, but, you know, as, as we say, we're able to quell them. Uh, looking at those characteristics, what are you saying, Laney, about this match? I'm really buzzing for this one. Um, you know, I, I think form form is kind of on our side um, you know they're no mugs we know that um, they beat Arsenal recently um, you know I, 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 I'm, my hunch is Brentford win but I, I just want I want us to finish the, the season at full strength it would be nice to, to go into those last two games Everton and then Leeds um, with with the team that, that started it you know plus Christian Eriksen you know whether whether we've only got another three games of watching Christian, time will tell. Maybe we've only got another couple of games of uh, of having Sergi in the team, Bill, as well. Oh yeah, because Sergi Canos apparently. Um, there's a story going out there, and we're trying to sort of decipher this story. And also, like I said, to you, we might go to our sources, besotted sources, to find out our Spanish sources to find out what the score is. But apparently, Barcelona are in for Sergi. Well, that, I thought that's quite the case. Apparently. 
So Sergi has been offered to Barcelona and he now has to assess whether or not he will fit in to the profile of Barcelona. 10 million euros has been quoted as round about what the price will be. I'm sure that if he was offered to Barcelona, Brentford, well, he would go immediately, I want to go. And I think Brentford would say, all right, there you go. And they'll send him off to Barcelona. The reason why I'm not poo-pooing this story is that Barcelona have done some very strange things recently. They signed that and I can't remember. I mean, Laney might be able to remember if he can pluck out the name of the player from Middlesbrough. And Barcelona signed a player from Middlesbrough recently about last season or the season before. And we all were like, mm, what's going on here? I mean, Middlesbrough in the championship and they've got a player that is going to, to Barcelona. What's that all about? Um, didn't also Barcelona... Uh, uh, Triore? That's right, they've got Triore as well. Did they get Danju? No, 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 they didn't. To Red Real, yeah, well, that's the thing. There's, there's all these sort of trans kind of sort of kind of transfer things going on. But like I said to you, this guy, I'm pretty sure. No, 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 no. He just came from you know just Middlesbrough Barcelona character. Anyway, you just look for it, and uh, and I think the Middlesbrough fans were just at the time were going ha ha ha. Oh, we'll take the money. But then apparently, I think he's been, he's been doing all right for them, like you know. But anyway, Sergio Chanos, if he goes over to Barcelona, Laney, um, what are you saying? Are you saying? Hold on a second, or are you saying, tell you something, let him go? Well, I mean, you could. I mean, you certainly couldn't stand in his way, could you? I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's 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 the stuff that dreams are made of. He started his started his career there, um, and if he ended his career there, um, then you know, it, it is it is just perfect symmetry, isn't it? But um, I, I, I honestly think that you know, Sergi needs a next chapter in, in his career. You know, he, he's he's done brilliantly for us, in my opinion. He's got stick in the last couple of years. Um, he's filled in, filled in uh, uh, wing back, and um, you know he, he, he's, he's proved that he's been versatile and willing to do anything for Brentford. You know, he's, he's, we know that his personality and his attitude is infectious. He, he, he can raise the team and he can raise the support, but you know, at, at some stage, Sergi has to, has to move on. You know, we, we have to improve all over the pitch for next season, and I, 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 and I, I think. If uh, uh, if this if this if this transfer is 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 possible or another transfer to a high profile club, I mean that's not be honest, you know that's, that's not give him any disservice. He's, he's a Brentford legend, and we, his name will always be sung at, at Griffin Park, a new Griffin Park. So uh, I just think I personally think it, it, it could be time for him to move on anyway. And the player is Martin Braithwaite as well, who actually uh, well started his earlier career at Ashley Michelin. He's a Danish striker, and he was at um, Middlesbrough striker, and then he ended up at Barcelona. He scored five goals in 44 games for uh, Barcelona but I don't think Sergi would care too much about how he does he's just at Barcelona but anyway that is uh, us ending on on a positive note by saying that we may end up our season selling a player to Barcelona so coming back to Southampton yeah, yeah Ericsson might go with him who knows <laughs> that's right no actually that's not going to happen um, anyway listen Laney I'm going to ask you for a score prediction against the Saints 3-1 Brentford mate I'm going to go 2-1 for the mighty, mighty B. So anyway, listen, beside Pride of West London podcast, I'm very happy to be back in the pub recording the podcast again. You can hear all the vibes in the background and people are saying, I love hearing the, all the people in the background. Last time, I think, when we did in the pub, uh, people were loving it. Actually, my Tottenham friends said to me, I love it because in the background, you can hear the people in the back going, down in one, down in one, as there's some sort of spoofing, sort of kind of sort of drinking competition in the background. 
talking of drinking competitions, we've not we've not drunk for England this afternoon. But so thank you for all those people that have bought us a beer recently. Um, you know, it, it does help. Let's put it that way. You know, it's uh, you know we've, we've we've got food and drink to record it, and um, you know it's it's great that a few of you have, have, have dug in and, and contributed to, to enable us to to sit here not not starving and not not thirsty. So you know, if you can if you can buy us a beer, do buy us a beer because it, it makes a massive difference. Thanks. Excited.com forward slash beer. Thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe to us and also write a review on iTunes or whatever else and all the good podcast channels. Uh, I'm Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the boozer and it's very lively and people are done sleeping up and going back to work. But I'm having a rugged laugh with a lady to go, but I've got to shoot off because we've got to West London. And don't forget, uh, I've got to talk about it another time. I've got another team launching on Saturday. Come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Yay. We're from the Exeter Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.